Thank you for listening to the Zaner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zaner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zanerministries.com. Now, here's evangelist Nick. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the broadcast today. I'm Evangelist Nick coming to you from the Lehigh Valley here in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm live here again, uh, welcoming Pastor Robert Albino for part two of the will of God that we talked about yesterday. And it was so good yesterday, uh, we felt like it was worth doing it again. And so I'm super thrilled that you guys are with us this afternoon. And uh, we want to just kind of flow again with the Holy Ghost and and everything like that. Before we get into anything, do me a favor, hit the like button, hit the share button, uh, and uh, subscribe on YouTube. It helps us reach more people. And then comment in the comments. We can see your comments here on the screen, so we're not just looking off into the room in a, in, at nothing. We're looking at your comments. And so you can leave your comments here, uh, and we can greet you. Kayla's on. Praise God. Richard, God bless you. Others are hopping on. We got uh, Instagram. Let's see. Oh, we got the gram too. We got the grams on. Praise God. Anybody else? Got the private chat up. Boom. All right. And so yesterday um, we talked a lot about um, submission. We talked uh, a lot about surrender. Uh, These are vital, vital keys. Um, to the will of God that kind of get overlooked a lot of times, honestly. Uh, most people jump straight into uh, pray, mm-hmm. straight into even fasting, which we're doing all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of it, but they, they kind of miss. Like before you pray and fast, you probably should be submitted in your heart. You should be surrendered to the Lord yeah. and all these things. And so... Um, so I, will say, let's, I yeah. will say let's simplify it even more, Nick. You know, uh, We talked about how people people can understand the the necessity of surrendering to God's will. Yeah. Um, at the same time, they struggle with the submitting to God's will part. Right. But the majority of people want to jump to the serve in God's will part. Mm. Yeah. 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 What and can so, I do? Yeah. Exactly. Right they want to. They want to jump to the doing part. Yeah. 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 And and we can have a, an extensive conversation of of how the word teaches more about being, about who we are, right, than about doing. Yeah. And the doing should flow from the being. Right. And a lot of people that's they, good. They don't allow themselves to be built um, in in who they are in their identity with, with Christ through surrender and submission to right. God's will. Because they wanna jump and serve right away. <laughs> yeah. And so we can talk about all of the different issues that arise from taking that approach. Um, and, and, but to, to simplify it for our audience, yeah, I would say, you know, just consider when, when looking at the will of God is, have I surrendered to it? Am I submitting to it? Or am I trying to serve it without having done the previous two? Mm, that's good. So surrender, submission, and serving they're all they're they're all in the same package, but they, there is an order to it. Wow, I would put that in your notes: surrender, submission, and serving. But get into that order thing. I mean, is that the order you would say? So, so I mean, just just not only looking, not only looking at like Romans twelve, or or looking at how God has um, 
how God worked in the lives. Like, I want to talk a little bit about Paul in Acts nine. Yes. Um, and but you look like there's there's always a, so there's always a calling to surrender. You know, we 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 spoke about Matthew sixteen when we said that. You know, Jesus said, if anyone wants to come and follow me, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Those are three directives. Mm. Like, there's no... It's true. There's no I... other interpretation from, from those three. Like, we can, we can break those three down, and we can say uh, what we... what You know, what we are... We can uh, uh, make our analysis of each three... But those are the three directives. If you want to follow Christ, if yeah. you want to be a follower of Christ, quote unquote, a disciple of Christ, if you want to serve Christ, which is what he's saying, if you want to serve me. Mm. So that what we, what we just said that, it, you know, to serve in God's will, it's, it's the third prong of, of a three prong process. Yeah. And, and Christ establishes if you want to serve me, if you want to follow me. If you want to be my disciple, what, what is a disciple? Someone who follows, someone who's serving. Um, Jesus spoke about you not, we not being able to have two masters. Uh, you serve one and, and hate the other or, or hate one and serve the other. So it's about serving. That's where God wants us. He wants us serving in the kingdom of God. Right. You know, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he, and he called some to be apostles and prophets, others evangelists, teachers, and so, uh, and, and pastors, I don't want to forget because it was always, oh, so you only named four. <laughs> you forgot five. It's five fold, but you named four. What is it? It's, I do that sometimes. I forget like, wait, which one did I not say yeah, yet? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to make sure I cover myself because I know we have a lot of theologians <laughs> watching. So, um, um, so, so the, the, there's, there's unquestionably a, a, a desire in, in the Lord, in yeah. God. For us to serve in His kingdom, right? You know, we are we are the body of Christ that has been called to serve the world, to serve the people who need transformation. To 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 that's what ministry is. Ministry in the Greek means service. Mm -hmm. uh, the 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 word uh, diakonos in 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 Greek it means to serve. So so that's what we're called to do. Yes. But when you want to do it in a way that does not represent the order of God, the way he has, you know, what Jesus had to first surrender, which is when he came from heaven to, to earth. He had to surrender yeah. his deity, his divinity in that position like we spoke yesterday right. and come to earth. That's surrender. And then he had to submit. That's why John the Baptist had to baptize him. Yeah. That's why he had to be led by the Spirit in, in the desert. That's why he kept saying, I am here not to do my will, but to do the will of my Father. So there's yeah. a submission. Right. That, so Jesus is the model. Right. That's right. Jesus is the model. I mean, I would type that in the comments. Jesus is the model. Yeah. You know, we, <laughs> which we sometimes forget that because we look at, well, this guy's doing it this way and this guy's doing it that way or whatever gets in twisted in our mind but really we gotta go back to christ you, you kind of look at christ i mean a lot of times you know you know i'm a big football fan right and so <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big sports fan in general and at, but within the within my love for football there i have an analytic mind and i'm always i'm always critiquing everything from how the players play 
to to how the individual units are playing yeah to to how the coaches are calling play so you know for me i'm like uh every team that i that i have watched play this year when they when they have had one yard to get that first down mm-hmm. and you you see that the play that they run is like a long pass that that's incomplete <laughs> yeah you're like you know, keep it simple. Like, what, like right. why are, what are you, you doing? <laughs> why are you trying to? Why are you trying to out out coach yourself? Right. And I think as believers, a lot of times, like we we outsmart ourselves. We try to outsmart ourselves, not because of any nefarious reason, but we're so eager. We're so eager to get to that point where we feel adequate in in what we're doing for the Lord. Yeah. We're like so get to eager the end, to get that point, but sometimes the adi- the adequacy that God needs you to get comfortable with is simply the fact that you are a servant of God. Mm. You don't need a title, you don't need a position, you don't need a right. big time ministry. You and that and that's partly why I admire so many ministries, you know, like like yours, because you have your calling and you are you are excelling in the calling that God has placed and the rest God takes care of it. Amen. Yes. You know, the mountaintop mentality is good to have, but you also have to have the character to climb it. Yeah, if you don't have the character, the character is what will keep you there. Absolutely. You, once you get there. Once you get there. Yeah, but it's once being built as you go Absolutely. if you if you submit and allow 100%. the process to take place. I talked about that on Monday. Um Submitting to the process, amen. Which uh, you didn't know that I don't think because you you weren't watching. You were you were doing your thing, which is fine. But you submitting to the process, really building character because we're talking about going to new levels, running yeah. to win, and uh, yeah, talk about that, man. Because I mean, you could talk all day about processes. <laughs> you know, when when we look at when we look at Jesus as the model, Jesus went through a process. And, and, and sometimes we, we look at, we look at David and we look at Moses and we look at Abraham and we look at Paul and so many incredible biblical figures, obviously that compose the biblical narrative that we can, that we preach about, that we teach about, that we learn about in Sunday school. But at the end of the day, if, if we want to, if we want to live in the, in the perfect acceptable will of God. Right. We know that Jesus was the only human being in the history of the world who was sinless. He was the perfect True. lamb. Yeah. Without without um, any sort of defect. He was not corrupted by sin at all. No mistakes. Jesus did not sin. Yeah. Right. Okay? Not that he wasn't tempted to. Yeah, he was tempted in all ways. He was tempted in every way, but he did not sin. So he was without sin. The only human being to ever have done that. Yeah. You know, that's why John says, you know, if you say that you have not sinned, you know, you make God a liar, right? We have all sinned and fallen short, except for Jesus, that second Adam. So he is the model of perfection. But he is also the model of acceptance. When he was baptized, that that process of submission, what what did God say? What was mm. the voice? This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Mm. Yeah. 
That's acceptance. Mm. That's a, so for for God's this is what submission does, right? Yeah. It makes you acceptable. Right. Submission makes you acceptable. When you submit to God's will, it makes you acceptable. This is my son who I am who I am well pleased. So the opposite of that means what? I'm not pleased. The God's not pleased. <laughs> right. I can't accept that. Right. You know, I can't accept what you're trying to do. And people are, they, they're, they're, they're fist bumping the, the, the ceiling <laughs> because they want God to do and do and do. And they want God to open and open and open. But God's like, I can't accept that because you're not submitting. There's no right. submission. So on Tuesdays and Thursday nights, we talk about faith, at least this month. And um, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But... You know, this is an element that I think is buried within faith is you got to submit to his word, his ways, his acceptance, and then your faith will work because people are just trying to make it happen. You know, they're charis they're being charismatic and yelling and screaming and crying and and they're quoting the word, saying it all day long, but it ain't working for them. I think it's because of what you're talking about. Acceptance because God's not pleased without faith, but he ain't pleased if if you're not submitting to him. You know that submission process is what is what keeps is what keeps everything in order if you think about it, because right. you know in the in the negative aspect of submission, the reason why you know we see things, for example, like uh, like slavery, let's say, you know there there's a submission aspect, a very heavy, cruel submission aspect to slavery. Oh yeah, and and so we're talking about it. Um, from from the from the negative side of of the understanding, right? But even there, the the reason why it's cruel, the reason why it's so arduous and strict, is because there is a desire to keep an order. Mm. Yeah, there's yeah. a desire to keep an order, right? Right. Um, and so you know, the master wants to make sure that the servants or the slaves know that he's the master. Wants them to remain in their place as slaves and be obedient and do what he says, right? Right, right. And if they fall out of line, there's consequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that desire to keep order is, is why that submission process within that context is so arduous and so cruel. Well, we have the same sort of, we have the same sort of perspective with the way God wants to, because he wants to maintain order. Right. Where where we're not trying to elevate ourselves above his will and his plan. Yeah, like Lucifer did. Like Lucifer did. Right, Exactly. Yeah. So that order was kind of messed with with Lucifer. Right, with sin. And so we have that I we have that uh we have that picture, you know, we have that example. Right. That order was messed with with Lucifer and it because he had free will. So we're always going to have free will, but here's what I learned a long time ago. You know, someone asked, uh, you know, when you give when you when you give your life to Christ and yeah. we can we can discuss this. Yeah. Yeah. When you give your life to Christ. Do you lose your free will? I know we're getting a little theological here, but when you give your life to Christ, do you lose your free will? That was the question that I was asked. Mm. And so, you know, in discussion, in discussion, and this is important because we're talking about submission again. Right. Right. It's a good question. So if you if you look at if you look at the the work of the cross 
the work of redemption, the work of salvation. When Jesus dies on the cross, he sheds his blood. Romans now says, if you believe that he died on the cross and he resurrected, you confess that with your mouth. If you believe it in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, what happens? You are saved. You're saved, yeah. You are saved. So salvation, there's nothing that we can do within our own power. There's right. nothing that we can do within our own power to, to be saved. It's all, it's all embedded in the work of Christ. It all flows from what Christ did on the cross. Right, exactly. You know? Other than that, there's no salvation for us. So all, and then, and, 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 and the only thing that has to happen, according to Romans 10, is we just got to believe and confess. That's right, it. yeah, that's our action. Just believe and confess. Now, the free will part, it's not that we lose it. It's mm. not that we lose it. Because if, if we lost it, then why are there people uh, that they get saved and then they get lost again? Exactly. Because they're will. Get, yeah, they're free they will. They get saved and they get lost again. And so now here's what needs to happen. You should surrender it. Right, exactly. You should give it up. You should give it up. <laughs> Which is what surrender is. I give up. Wave Which the, is what wave the white is. flag. So you should, you should surrender it. Not that like, you know. Not in a bad way. It's uh, not a bad you don't, So you don't ontologically ever lose it. Even if you're willing to give it up, you're just willing to say, I know I can make my own choices even after being saved. I know I can do whatever I want. You can choose whatever denomination you want. You can choose. Yeah. You can choose to believe whatever theological framing you want. Yeah. You could. You, however, how that's all good and dandy. You know. You could even choose to interpret scripture in a way that you want. Being saved, you can interpret scripture. Now that stuff. Uh, you know that that type of activity isn't going to bear you good fruit. Right, exactly. It's not going to take you down a good path. No, you're not. You're gonna be messed up. You're, you're gonna get confused, and you're gonna <laughs> end up either, either confusing other people, or you're gonna end up right, right back where you were. So, 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 you don't, you don't lose it. God, God doesn't want robots. Right. You put that in your notes and type it in the comments. God does not want robots. You know, this isn't you because know, talk about that because a people might maybe watching. They believe that God is just in control of everything. So that, that takes away the free will aspect because, well, this is going to happen no matter what. And what am I to do about it? Well, this is just my lot in life. Like, that is contrary to what we're talking about, right? Yeah, no, I mean, you look at, you, you look at how, how, how God operated in, in Paul's life, for example. Yeah. You know, what did, what did Jesus say to Paul on the road to Damascus? He said... He said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Mm. You know, here, I'm, I'm going to read it here. I'm, I'm going to see what it, I want to read it, I want to read it verbatim. He Where said, is it? If, uh, Acts chapter 9 and verse 5. Acts you know, 9 verse 5. So we know, we, know the, we know the context of what's happening. Saul, the persecutor of Christians, um, later known as Paul, is journeying to Damascus where he's on a mission to enslave. He's on a mission to uh, persecute Christians. Okay. And so when you get to verse 5, it says, when you get to verse 4, it says, He fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Mm. And he said, Who are you, Lord? 
Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So obviously, Jesus is telling Paul here, he's telling Paul, you're, you're, you're putting force against an immovable object in your life. You're, yeah. you're, you're fighting against a will right. that, that was preordained for you. Yeah. You're fighting against you're fighting against a plan that God wants to unravel in your life. Right. So you're doing your thing like that was Paul's choice in his free will. He was fighting against the will of God in his free will. He was fighting against he thought God's he was will. doing the right thing, but and he clearly wasn't because he was misguided. Right. He was he was kind of we could use the word he was indoctrinated by a certain ideology. Right. You know, that the Christians were bad, that the Christians were against the Jews and they wanted to blame the Jews for killing Jesus. And that the Christians, we could, we, they couldn't let the Christian church expand and grow. And so Saul found himself in a situation where he chose a path that was contrary to the will of God, that was contrary to the, the plan that God had for him. So... <coughs> So we, we, I mean, that's a perfect picture of saying, yeah, God is in control, but there's going to come a time where we have to encounter that moment, Yeah. encounter that moment where we understand I'm, I'm, I'm on the wrong path. Right. What would you say, not to interrupt you, but what would you say to those watching right now who obviously Paul is an extreme and I believe God chose him on purpose to be an extreme because he was killing christians like he was part of that right Correct. he was basically a murderer and so god had that major encounter and i believe we all should have an encounter with god but maybe there's somebody who's just they're fighting against the will of god they ain't killing anybody they ain't doing anything illegal mm -hmm. but they just don't want to submit to god's will yeah and you know you said something before you know people say oh well it's gonna happen anyway you know what what do we need to put the effort in for you know right there's there's answers that we don't have. We're never gonna have exactly. you know to, to, to things that happen in life, and and but we can be confident. And the reason why we can be confident in in saying this is that when we say that God is, He's in control, right? Yeah, we're saying that for a reason. Is because He isn't. He's in. He's sovereign. Right. He is sovereign. Like I mean, we talk about the Creator of the universe. We're talking about you know Hebrews says that that what we see created was was made by what was not seen it was all in god's mind yeah and he spoke it into we're not talking we're not talking about a god who wavers a god who changes his mind right. a god who's one way with with in in one season and another no we're talking about the sovereign the sovereign god yeah the creator of so yes yes he's in control but in his sovereignty which we're not required to understand in, in its totality, right? right? Like, we, you know, have you ever have you ever tried to think about like where God came from? Like, I always tell people <laughs> if you do that to. exercise, <laughs> like if you do that, like at, at some point your head is gonna is your head's gonna spin. Yeah, your head's gonna hurt. We're gonna be like, okay, so so okay, so he was just he was he just is. So he wasn't created. There was no starting point. There was no origin point. He just is. And so you just think about how far back you have to, and, and your head will start hurting eventually. Because so that's that's his sovereignty. Like yeah. we're not required to, 
And and I think and and in the human experience, we want to know where things, why things happen. They yeah. happen because of it. So we want to reconcile everything. It's in us since we were kids. Why Absolutely. does this happen? Why is this happen? You know, the kids just repeat it over and over again. What's this? What's that? They want to know. It's in us. You know, so we want to know. So it's about within that sovereignty, within the, within God's sovereignty. I'm I'm in that. I'm I'm in that plan, right? Yeah. Within His sovereignty. He formed a plan for humanity, right. for salvation, for redemption. And so within that plan, I'm, I'm there. So I have to submit to his will, to his sovereignty. Right. And, and, and when we forget, when we forget about the sovereignty of God, there's, there's no going beyond that. You know, there's no manipulating that. There's no escaping that. You know that's that was Lucifer's problem. Like right, Lucifer must have, Lucifer must have thought, you know, yeah, I could be like God. I want to be right next. He didn't say he wanted to be above God. He said he wanted to be like God. He wanted to be next to God. He wanted to be the same as God. Right. He wanted to be the same as God. And and that's 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 the aspect that that that's what got him in, in, into trouble. So so we we can't we can't expect we can't expect to understand the plan as it pertains to his sovereignty in, in its totality, that's why we have to submit to it. We must just come under submission to the Lord. That's why we have to submit and trust that he is a good God. Right. That's why, we, that's why all through scripture we right. learn about how good he is, how just he is, how he's a healer, how he's a provider, right. how he's a protector. You know, I mean, just look at Israel's process. That was a art. That was not an easy process. Captivity for hundreds of years. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, when you read the Book of Lamentations, and it, it, it reflects that you had you had moms and, and dads that they you know they were eating their, their 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 children, you know, because of the hunger that they. We're talking about a people that went through Craziness. that went through stuff <laughs> we couldn't even imagine. Right. And God was still sovereign. And he was still good. He was still exactly. a provider. Yes. He was still He's so still our healing. human experience. We shape our perception of God based on our human experience. When we have to shape our perception of God based on who He has already revealed that He is, which is Jesus. Back to Jesus, right? Which takes us back to, to Jesus. the Jesus model. He encompasses everything Jesus. He is in Jesus. Right, exactly. The express image of the Father Jesus through had Christ. A, Jesus had a human experience. Yeah. And He didn't allow that human experience to shape His perception of 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 who He was as God, as man, or as His perception of the so. Not so, even once. Not even once. Not even once. He was perfect. He was perfect. He was perfect. So that I think that's where a lot of times we get into trouble is we try to, like I go back to my football analogy, right? <laughs> yeah. We try to outsmart ourselves and we try to figure it out. No, oh, man, it's not for you to figure out. It's for you to submit to the to God's will. Know He is sovereign. Know <laughs> He knows what He's doing. Know that He knows the end from the beginning and everything in between, and just trust in the Lord. Amen. It's Amen. such a hard it's such a hard virtue for so many people, but just trusting God. And that's like true submission is trusting even when you disagree. Which you might be like, God, why am I going through this right now? You know, obviously I don't believe God puts sickness and disease on people. And I'm not talking about that, but like, you know, like I've been through some like challenging times of like, you know, 
going through leadership and they're telling me to do it this way or that way or you know I had the major breakup before I got married which like I couldn't even talk to my wife for like nine months couldn't even look at her you know but that was like part of the process like why am I going through this but it goes back to the character building the submitting to God's plan the sovereignty this is all part of it right yeah. Yeah, so, so we talked about, you know, we talked about the ugly aspect of submission within the human context, right? With slavery and stuff. But when, when we talk about submitting to God, let's, let's, let's discuss what you're submitting to. Yeah, let's you're, talk you're, about you're that. You're not submitting to a, a cruel God. Right. You're not submitting to a cruel master. You're not submitting to a God who doesn't care about your needs. Right. You're not submitting to a God who's not merciful and benevolent. You're not submitting to a God. You're not submitting to any of those. You're submitting to a God who is rich in mercy, mm. whose mercies are new every morning. You are submitting to you're submitting to a God whose grace increases all the more when sin increases. So you're submitting to a God who you could be in a world where sin is increasing and it's all around you and it's getting out of control. Like and, and the God you're submitting to, his grace for those people who are in sin and for you is increasing as well. So you're submitting to a God who provides. He's providential. He's protect. He's protection. He's, he's salvation. He is all of the things that we need mm. as human beings. That's what you're submitting to. So the fact that people, people have a, 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 a hard time with submission, submitting to his word. Yeah, um, I I would also say, um, I would also say that the submitting to the word part, because for for you to submit to His will, you got to know what His will is. Right, exactly. And it's in His word, which is His will is His word. And and so and so submitting to to the word of God is 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 rough when we just don't study it. When you don't know, you can't when submit you, to when it. You don't know it. Yeah, you know, when you have when you have kind of this religious concept of God, or or your experience has only been has solely been uh, you know uh, boxed into a Sunday service or shallow like y yeah, you or, or you're a casual you're a casual churchgoer or you're a casual uh, believer. You know, you, you live this kind of you know lukewarm christianity in and out this is okay even though it's wrong but yeah you know god will forgive me even you know that's those, a totally those, not the that's story, not but. that that doesn't epitomize somebody who's who's studying the word of god right who's doing joshua 1 9 you know meditate in these words day right. and night right you know what i'm saying so that that's not somebody who's feeding their spirit who's feeding who's feeding the aspect of them that relates to god the aspect of us that relates to god needs to be nourished that's yes. why that's why we have God's word because it nourishes the last the, the aspect in our humanity. It's not our flesh. Our flesh does not relate to God because God. The Bible no. says Jesus was clear. John chapter four. God is spirit. You know how I know the flesh doesn't relate to God. When I go to pray, I want to go to sleep. You exactly. feel sleepy at exactly. first, but you got to kick it into gear, and then you then you feel like praying or fasting right now. Your body doesn't want to fast. Your body wants to go order everything on the menu at Chick-fil-A right now and, and not even feel bad about it. But that because the flesh is at, at war yeah. against the, the things of God. But keep going. I just no, want to throw it in No, there. no, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, so, so our, the aspect of our, of our humanity that relates to God is, is spiritual. Yes. 
you know, we're spiritual beings. That's part of our humanity. Right. That's who we're we are spirit, first. We're spiritual beings. And so God is spirit. That's how we relate to him. So we have to, we have to nourish that aspect of our humanity mm. if we're going to have a relationship. You don't have a relationship with the Lord in the flesh. No. You know, you have a relationship with the Lord because you're a spirit being. So right. you have to nourish that. That's why we fast. That's why we pray. That's why we read the word. Word is a spiritual word. Yeah, this, this is, is a, this is a spiritual. It might be on document. physical paper, but it, there's something spiritual. Yeah, it's not. This isn't a constitution. Mm -mm. <laughs> you know, this isn't a manipulatable document here. We're no. talking about the the supreme authority for humanity, the Word of God. Whether people disagree or not, that's fine. But this is this is our blueprint for living, and so you know we we have to. <laughs> We, we, we have to go back to an understanding of the priority. And I, and I really feel this in my spirit, Nick. That, yes, yeah. Like, yeah, this is a year where, where, where we can go hard after multiplication. We can go hard after overflow. We can go hard after seeing some victories. And, and, and I'm, listen, I'm praying to God and I'm believing, in, I'm believing God this year for, for some key victories. Amen. You know, Amen. some key victories in, in different aspects of some things that we're working on. Key victories with the work that we do at PA Family. You know, we're, we're, we're fighting against some, some issues and some, some, uh, some, some ideologies, right? That, that I'm praying and I believe in God that we're going to have victory. Yeah, amen. That, you know, our staff, everyone who's laboring, everyone who's, who's connecting with, with the right people, we're going to see God move on some of these issues. And, uh, and, and the same thing with the church. We're, you know, I'm going to see growth at Christ City. We're going to see growth at Central. You're going to see growth within your ministry. There's going to be doors that, haven't, that we haven't walked through yet that are going to be open. Amen. And God has already opened them. It's just a matter of walking through them. So, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for that. But there's, just, there's another nugget in my spirit that I just feel the Holy Spirit impressing on me throughout our time of fasting. And it's that many of us have to put God first. Absolutely. You know, it's going back to that idea that God and his word need to be priority in our life. At the utmost. You know, we have to put God first. And so that's something that's not a given and in, in even in a lot of believers' lives. That's so true, man. Like, I mean, we know what Matthew 6, says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. And normally we jump to the, all these things will be added and we shout, we dance, we praise. I mean, that's um, my first message I ever preached was the, was that scripture. But one of the things the Lord spoke to me, and I, it goes along with what you're saying, you can't seek a kingdom if there's no king. And the king is Jesus, and he is his word. Like, you can't, how can you be a part, like, you're doing your best to inform people of what the laws are through PA family, get things changed. You know, you guys are, you're pushing hard. It's the same is true for the believer. We don't, how do, how do we know how the kingdom operates through the word? Like, we got to put, that's why we do a daily Bible reading plan. I don't know if you know that, but we have 75 people reading with us, which is wow. a sign that people are wanting to come back wow, to the Bible. That's awesome. So I hope that encourages you because people, we got to get back to God first, this word first, because God knows what's coming up the pipe. We don't. 
No one knew what was going to happen in 2020. And it was all the devil's plan and God made it fail. But the next thing we got to be ready for, and you ain't going to get ready without the word, Yeah. without putting God first. If you ain't surrendered, if you ain't submitted, you'll just get in line again to get 10,000 jabs and then you're, you're off to oblivion. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Or whatever it is. I don't or, know what or, it is. Or let the government <laughs> over, over, overtake your faith, overtake yes. the, you know, the institution of the church. That, make no mistake about it. You know, what happened in 2020 with the pandemic and yeah. whether, whether or not it was, it was, uh, there was a, 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 an intention behind it or, or what, 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 what transpired mm. through the pandemic yeah, talk was, about that. was just, uh, it was an assault on, on, the, on, the, on the church, on, on, on religious liberty. Right. There's churches that have not recovered from the pandemic. They they sold their churches or they're for sale right now. They're, they're closed, done. They they they're, they're congregations because see what happens. You had churches that even when they were allowed to be open, they didn't open. Right. And so those people, you know, those most of those people, they they want to be in church. If there's another church open and 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 it's kind of the same type of church, I'm gonna go. You know, I just want to I just want to be in a personal experience, a personal worship experience. I don't want to do a virtual thing anymore. So you had a lot of people that. They just went to another church. So you have a lot of churches that are still open, that are flourishing now, that got a lot of the people from the churches that just they stood closed and stood closed and stood closed. They lost it. And so, and so the, the, it was an attack spiritually first, obviously. It was a spiritual attack against the church. There was a lot of, there was a lot of wavering. There was a, a, a lot of, but at the end, if so, if this doesn't show you that God is in control, and if this doesn't show you that his word is true, and that his word for the church is active and is working in the church. Yes. You know, we just we just laid out all of those different challenges that the church faced from 2020 to 2022. The church is still standing. It's still going, man. The church is there's revival in countries around yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean like like, you know, we did that and we brought 11,000 people to the to the Allentown Fairgrounds after COVID. Right, I remember. I was you know, th those type of things don't happen if the if the church if the church has declined or if the church is no longer a factor or if the church is dead. The church can never be dead. Right. The body of Christ, the bride of Christ, will never will it, it will never be dead. Yeah. And so and so and and I don't I don't you know there there's projections and we you have people in government and in culture that are studying these things and oh well you know Christianity is going to be obsolete in 20 years Christianity is going to be obsolete in 50 years whatever the numbers are I don't care all I can say is that we have withstood all of the attacks that we have received throughout history and we're still strong and and we're still the body of Christ we're still preaching the gospel amen there's still evangel now 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 obviously just like you know like Jesus said we need to ask we need to ask the lord of the harvest to send workers yeah we need the laborers man which is submitting being a laborer i mean that's my that's my subject right there but being being a, a soul winner you got to submit you got to surrender you got to say yes lord to his plan. And it's not just about evangelists, me. I can't do it on my own. And the evangelists, I don't care if all of us came together, we can't do it on our own. It's every believer because we need more laborers saying, yes, Lord, I'll go. Yes, Lord, I'll share. But that takes a submission. That takes a surrender and getting into the plan and purpose of God. Absolutely. You know. So, so you know, going back to, to Acts 9, so, you know, we're talking about the topic of transformation. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. 
tra- transformation in in uh, in in the life of Saul. I just it's incredible when you look at it through through sort of so there were five things that happened to to Saul in Acts chapter nine. Yeah, there were five things that happened to Saul in Acts chapter nine. So the first thing, right? We we we've already read it. So he's on his way to Damascus. He's on a mission. He has a he, he he's fulfilling a plan. He has his directives and he has his orders, right? Yeah. For whoever he was working for, if it was the Romans, if it was the Sanhedrin, whoever he was working for, probably both. His job was to persecute Christians. So he's he's in the middle of his mission. He's on a journey to Damascus and he gets interrupted. Yeah. A divine interruption. So what happened in his life at that particular moment was the interruption, which is number one. If you want to write this down, if you want to put it in the comments, yeah. God must interrupt before he intervenes. Mm. There has to be an interruption. An interruption. You know, we, 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 we want God to intervene, but we, we don't want him to interrupt anything that we're doing that perhaps is, is outside of his plan. And so there, there's a clash of, of agendas. That happens with all of us. That's good, yeah. Where there's a clash of the agendas. Yeah. There's a clash between your agenda and my agenda, between his will and the will of my flesh and my mind. Yeah, absolutely. That's good, man. The will of my flesh and my mind, it, it's counter. It runs counter to the perfect will of God. And so that clash of agendas has to happen in your life. If, 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 you're, if you're a believer and you're still struggling because you don't know... If you're living in God's will, you don't know what 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 your place in in the body of Christ is, how to serve, or what it is that God is calling you to do. Um, that's that's okay. I mean, it's not the end of the world there, but there has yeah. to be a clash of agendas at some point. Right, right. I would I would encourage that person to understand. Perhaps there's some more surrendering of my will that has to happen mm. for me to to really embrace God's plan and God's will for my life. So so Paul was interrupted on the way to Damascus. That interruption is what we need to ask God to do. God interrupt my interrupt my life. Yeah, interrupt, Lord. Anything that I'm doing that is not your will, come in and just that interruption, interrupt. That interruption can happen through street evangelism. You know? How many people, you know, when you when you read um uh, David Wilkerson's story, right? And you read Nicky Cruz's, yeah, um, uh, his, his uh, cross and the switchblade, the cross and the switchblade. You read those testimonies. You can you can see how it was just an interruption, right? But it was an interruption because God used someone, yes. to interrupt that person's life. That's that's why it's always important to to be sensitive to to the to the plan that God has through evangelism because. You know, God could use us to interrupt somebody's somebody's dilemma, somebody's darkness, somebody's downfall. You know what I mean? And so we're 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 allow we gotta allow ourselves to be used in that in that way, because God wants to inter- He needs to interrupt people's lives. Absolutely, you know, He man. needs to interrupt our He needs to interrupt our culture right now. Like, you <laughs> right. know, we need something to happen. You know, for God to move in a way that just interrupts people's lives, you know. And and so that, that happened to Paul, or it happened to Saul. And so God has to interrupt you before he intervenes. Mm. Why do I why do I say that? I say that because the intervention of God is actually the implementation of his his will. 
an intervention is a changing of activity. Right. It is a. It is. It, you're you're interrupting something. You're putting a stop to one thing, and you're solving the problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're bringing the solution. God brings the solution through His Word. He brings the solution through the work of Christ on the cross. So the interruption uh, ends in in an intervention. And so before that, before that changing of activity, before that in uh, that that introducing us to the solution that we've been looking for, we we need him to interrupt us. We need him to make us uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we need him to. You know, I don't know if Paul was knocked off a horse or not. We don't know. Yeah. But we need him to knock us to the ground and interrupt our lives. Interruption, man. I think of like mindless people all the time just walking down the street because I've done street ministry so it's like you see that person they're on their phone they just don't even pay attention like that's how most people are they just they're in their world they're doing their thing and they need God to come in and interrupt them and uh, I like that what you said about us sometimes we're used to do that for people you know but it's obviously God using us but like that's we gotta let God shake us out of that like I don't even know what it's called. It's just yeah, whatever you're doing. You know, God interrupted my life. <laughs> yeah, you know, he he interrupted my life when I was a young. I was I was I was a teenager and and I had my agenda. Yeah, you had your own plan. I had my plan. I had my agenda. I wanted to be a certain way. I wanted to act a certain way. I wanted to do certain things. I wanted to hang with certain people. I wanted to go to certain places, and 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 God, you know, like I said yesterday. It was short-lived, and I thank God for that. But, you know, God came, and he interrupted me, and he said, that's not who you are. Praise God. Thank God for that. You know, he, inter he interrupted me. In that case, it was through the birth of my, of my first child. Wow. You know, I was a young kid, and it overwhelmed me to the point where I had to turn back to the Lord. Yeah. You know, I said, I, I can't do this without the Lord. And then he kind of put everything into perspective. Surrender. That, exactly. Submission. That was the interruption that I needed at that point. And so, um, so he, so I don't know if I'm gonna get. I know we're 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 running against the top of the hour, but uh, the the second thing that we see in Acts nine that God did with Saul was that he changed uh, his direction. He was going to Damascus, but after the interruption, he sent them to Ananias' house. Mm, that's good. You know, so he changed his direction. So. Write this down if you're listening, if you're watching. God has to change your direction before he changes your destiny. Wow. You know, so before you're able to get onto that journey to, towards the destiny that God has for you, uh, you know, we were talking about that mountaintop mentality. It's good to have that mountaintop mentality, but you got to have the, the climber's integrity, the climber's right. character. And, and so God is a God who wants to make sure that you are not exhibiting, you are not dealing with uh, things in your life that are not compatible with where he's taking you. Mm. So there are things in your, there, there are things in people's lives that aren't compatible. You know, there are, there, there's hurt from the past. There's resentment towards people that perhaps we need to forgive. Yeah. You know, there are scars on our heart that we're not letting God heal us. Mm. And so God changes. He wants to change those things. He wants to heal us. He wants to restore us. He wants to make sure that we're whole. 
Yes. If he's gonna, if he's going to to uh, take us on this journey to our destiny, that's what happened with Paul. Paul needed to be healed. He was blind. Yeah. He couldn't see. Right. So that's what God used to change his direction. Now you can't go to Damascus. Now you got to go to the prophet's house. <laughs> right. And the prophet's house, you know, you don't know what to expect there. You're in, you don't know this guy. You don't know what's happening. You know, you don't know what to to what what the next what the next step is going to be. Right. You know, but God is now in control. Yeah. So 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 now so it was at the prophet's house where that submission process happens. Yeah, and then what was he doing? Praying and fasting. He was praying and fasting, <laughs> and God tells the prophet, says, "Go to Saul of Tarsus, bring him to your house, because I have chosen him, and I'm going to show him what suffering for my name's sake is. You know, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna use him to preach to the, the the gospel, but he is also gonna experience suffering for my name's sake. Yeah. So. So God changes his direction before he changes his destiny. Now his destiny is no longer Damascus. You know, now his destiny is discipleship. Wow, yeah, He yeah, went from yeah. Damascus to discipleship. Yeah. Now he's going to make disciples. Right. <laughs> he's going to preach the gospel. He's going to make disciples. Right. And so number three is you must unsee what you've been seeing. You have to go blind to your own perspective before, before God can have you see what he wants to do in your life. Mm. So a lot of times, you know, you can't, you, you, you can't, this is something impossible for every human being. I mean, if, if you're watching and you want to try it, be my guest, but you're not going to be able to do it. Like you can cross your eyes, you know, you can bring them, you can bring them to the middle, but you can't bring them out. I mean, if there's somebody who knows how to do that, that's impressive. That's one heck of a skill. So like you and can't weird. be looking at two things. At, you can't look at two things at once. You can't be looking that way. Right. Like you could see what's in your periphery, but you cannot make this eye look that way and this eye look that way. You know, you can't. You can't. You can't have double vision. You can't look up and you can't look down at the same time. You, you can't, can't have do bad it. visions. You can be blind. You can have perfect 2020. But you can't have, you can't look, you can't make yourself look. And again, there might be someone who knows how to do it, which is fine. But the majority of humanity. They're an outlier. They're, they're, they're special. The we'll majority of humans cannot do it. So, but that, that's a good, that's a good depiction of what happens. You know, God, God can't have you looking to the world and no. also trying to look to him. No. You got to choose one or the other. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes. Absolutely. And, and so with Saul, he, he. You know, it was a physical blindness, but if you look at the spiritual application, you know, God was changing his perspective. Yeah. Now Saul's, his perspective is beginning to change. Wait a second. This Jesus that I had, I had a wrong perception of who this Jesus is. Yeah, yeah, Because now yeah. I'm, I'm having an experience. Right. And in this experience, my perception is changed. So this, this all goes to transformation. These are all the things. So he transforms... He transforms you through interrupting you. He transforms you through changing your direction. There's transformation through changing your... Now we're talking about your perspective. And the, and, and the number four is he changes your surroundings. Mm. Those people that were following him to Damascus, his entourage, right. they weren't with him in, in Ananias' house. Yeah, the friends were shed. They, they, know, weren't, they weren't with whoever him they were. in, in, the, in the prophet's house. So now he changes your surroundings and he surrounds you with people... Who are going to support your purpose. So a holy entourage. 
Now, now there's a holy entourage. He surrounds you with people who are going to support your purpose. Yeah, amen. Who are going to support your calling, who are going to support your mission, who you are in Christ, and who are going to steer you in the direction that he's changing you towards. Amen. That's good. Yeah, that's right. And, and then number five, and lastly, uh, he, he gave Paul his vision back. Right. So he gave Paul a new vision. A new vision. A new perspective. Transformation will always come with new vision. Mm, that's good. Put that in your notes. Transformation will always come with new vision. Every vessel needs a vision. So if you're a vessel, which they if are. you understand <laughs> that you're a vessel of God and God is going to take you uh, and he's going to fulfill his purpose in your life, every vessel needs a vision. You cannot be looking back. You cannot be looking at man. You cannot be looking at your own plan. You cannot be looking at resources that you 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 want to have. You have to look to the Lord. Amen. That's why Colossians says, you know, uh, looking at the things that are above and not below. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Looking at the things that are above and not below. You know, division. Division is is the is having two visions. Right. Exactly. You know. It's yeah. Die vision. Two it's visions. kind of a suffix word for for dual for for two, right. and so a lot of people have tried. They try to, they try to fulfill their calling with two visions, and you gotta you gotta let God, you gotta let God change one and and eliminate one, make you blind to the one, right? And and implement His vision for your life, um, and and that's how transformation. Uh, in the life of Paul, anyway, that's how it happened. Because it, from there, you know, he takes off from there. Yeah, that's you know, right. His 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 story, his narrative the changes. Yeah. Um, his his whole identity changes. He's a different person. His name changes. His name. He went from Saul to Paul. So when you talk talk about transformation, and I encourage everyone, you know, dig into the life of Paul, and you will see the true work of transformation through the life of Paul. Amen. Amen. Well, man, what a powerful, what a powerful day today. And uh, I want to encourage you guys um, to follow this man of God. You can follow him on Instagram and uh, Facebook, Christ City Church. Just look it up. That's his church. Um, and uh, whatever your uh, Instagram is, you can put it on uh, the comments if you want. Um, but this is one you're going to have to go back and listen to again, especially those last five points. And uh, I want you guys to know that this this year you're going to be transformed like never before because you submit down to God's will and you put God first. I mean, the theme of today we could talk, we can go in many different directions. We've talked a lot of stuff, but I think the main thing that I can pull out of today is Jesus is the model, and we need to put God first in every single area and submit to His will. And one thing, a practical thing you can do today. Because we're still praying, we're still fasting. You should get take time today to pray and say, Lord, whatever uh, vision that I have for my life and whatever direction I'm heading, Lord, make sure that it's your direction. And if it is yes. not, intervene in that direction and, or intervene in my life. Interrupt yep. what I'm doing Amen. so I can head the right direction. And make that a prayer point today. And, and pray it for yourself. Pray it for your family. Pray it for your business if you're in business. Pray it for your ministry if you're a minister. Um, and just let God do it. I mean, 
we can go on and on, but I mean, this really hits home with me just with the direction I was going straight out of Bible school. I thought I was going to be uh, a pastor, an associate, and all these different things, and it just didn't happen that way. And exactly everything you just taught happened to me. God intervened. God interrupted my life supernaturally, and this is why we're Zayner Ministries now. Three years later, we're on our fourth year. And this is a this is fruit of it. A lot of times people have a hard time getting into uh, starting because they don't see the results right away. But I'm telling you, you let God interrupt, you pray that prayer, you mean it, and then you make the changes. That's where the key is, is you got to make the changes. Because, yep. you know, thank God Paul just stayed submitted to the Lord. I mean, you have an encounter like Paul, you're probably... You probably never gonna. You're never going back. You know what I'm saying. But even still, we can't use that as an excuse. He could have went back to Damascus. He could have done his thing, but he chose not to. So choose to make those changes in Jesus' name. Do you have any final thoughts? Um, just going back to because I I really didn't. We really didn't talk about it. I mean, I, I I shared it, but just going back to just that impressing in my in my heart that I feel. Yes. Even in my life, I'm talking about, and it's not that it, it hasn't been this way. Yeah. But I think it can it can increase definitely, and it's that that prioritizing God first. You yes. That, like like you know, make this year the year where in every element of your life, Amen. God is first, because if He is sovereign, He has to be first. Right. If he is like so. So we we have to stop living in this in this um, in this cultural in this cultural movement where my needs are first. Yeah. My truth, my experience, my feelings. It's all about me, 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 me. That's another topic for another day. Right. (laughs) Yeah. We could go all day on that. Put God first. Prayer first. We're do it in your family with your children. Um, and so that that's kind of where I'll I'll, I'll co- close my my comments. Amen. Well, we're gonna have him back on eventually here um, with us, and uh, you guys can always go back to uh, Apple or Google or any of the podcasts outlets that you have, and you can just search Zayner Ministries. And this uh, the first one's up already. This one will be up shortly, and you can go back and listen to this. You can take notes and everything like that. I always want to put a plug out for that because many times you're driving or you're busy and you can't watch, but you can always listen. And uh, we all, never want to end a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to support the ministry here of Zayner Ministries and partner with us. We're believing God for 1,000 partners to stand with us uh, this year to take this gospel to the United States of America. And uh, we want to give you a chance to be a part of that. You can scan the QR code there on the screen. You can also give by PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, Cash App. You can mail in a check to Zayner Ministries at P.O. Box 125, Copley, PA, 18037. And just obey the Lord. You know, talking about putting God first, uh, it's time to put God first in every area, physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially. And this is your opportunity right here. Uh, We've done everything we can to be a trustworthy ministry uh, where you can sow good seed into good soil because souls is our number one priority. No evangelist is a true evangelist unless they have souls a part of their ministry. So that's why 
the number one focus. If you're going to hear anything from Emily or I, it's going to be how many people got saved, how many people got healed, how many people got delivered, and how many people got trained up to win souls. And that's what you're sowing into. That's what you're partnering with. And I want to say thank you ahead of time for partnering and being a part of that and uh, becoming one of the 1,000 people to stand with us. Amen. Also, if you, wanna, if you like getting reminders uh, from the ministry, you can always text Z-Team to the number there on the screen, 610-936-8464, and you can get reminders of when we're live on the broadcast, updates from Emily and I. These are personal messages from us, so you can communicate your prayer requests, and you can send us uh, anything you want to say, testimonies, whatever. We want to talk to you. We want to hear from you. I don't want to just be a talking head on a screen. I want impact in the lives of those listening. And I'm praying more for your breakthrough, even at times, than I even pray for our own. And because uh, you're the fruit uh, of the ministry, and we care about you and your family's life. And that's why we connect with you that way. And then one final thing, and we're going to close out. If you have a prayer request, January 22nd, we're going to be praying for all the prayer requests here on the broadcast. That's the final day of the fast. And so we want you to send that in. Go to zanerministries.com forward slash prayer. Send it in. No, no request is too small or too big for God. God is a big God and he'll answer the small and big prayers. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Zaner Ministries podcast please consider becoming a monthly covenant partner with us. We're asking God for 100 people to stand with us financially as we continue to win the lost in America. Go to zanerministries.com and click on the Give Now button and become a monthly covenant partner today.